Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Stephanie Rowe, a procurement specialist and the passionate author behind the empowering memoir, Fiercely Me. She candidly shares the highs and lows of her life's journey, the inspiration behind her memoir, and her mission to empower others through sharing her experiences. Her story is a reminder that our greatest trials can lead to our most profound victories. Get ready to be moved, inspired, and empowered as Stephanie Rowe takes us through her life's journey, proving that we all have the power to turn adversity into advocacy. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Stephanie Rowe. She is a procurement specialist and inspiring author of Fiercely Me. Her journey, marked by overcoming childhood adversity, addiction, and poverty, has shaped her into a passionate advocate for self-empowerment and mental health. Through her memoirs, Stephanie candidly shares her struggles and triumphs, showcasing her resilience and determination. With over 20 years in business, saving companies millions and guiding individuals towards success, she's a beacon of hope and strength. Her work not only empowers others in their professional pursuits, but also encourages them to embrace a life of joy and fulfillment beyond personal challenges. How ironic we're just talking about personal challenges. Oh, 100%. Oh, wow, Steph, it's so nice to have you on my show. We're just talking about what happened to you and then my illness this week and like our challenges that we were going through. It's like, oh, but yet we can still help others. That's why we can help others because we've gone through stuff. Okay, we've gone through stuff. And so that's why we shine is because, you know, we always see because we've been through the darkness and we're seeing light. We still see some darkness. Don't get us wrong. But you know what? We are here for you, Steph. Um, Thank you so much again for being on my show today. Oh, thank you so much, Gina, for having me. I've been extremely excited that I get to actually do this with you. So thank you. My pleasure. And just to start off, I love the title, Fiercely Me. So It's I a wanted, good title. <laughs> I love that. Fiercely Me. Why not? You know, I love that. <laughs> and it was just like, it was something else beforehand and it just wasn't working. And I was like... I was going to work one day and I, you know, there's so many things going on with the book. And I was just like, no, I am so fiercely me. Like, and I was just like, that's it. That's the, that's the name. Because like, I think also it's, it's, it tells the person who you are in one way, right? Like, it's like, you pick up a book and it says fiercely me. It's like, oh, she's like fierce. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I am hundred percent fierce. And like it's a beautiful thing to own as well like because I think as women we're kind of conditioned a little bit to not own who we are and own what we do and like be really strong and like be like you know what I am able to do this and I and like and I and I'm so fierce in such a positive way and so I was just like this is sick like this is the best title <laughs> I love it and I would just love for you to share with the audience and tell us a little bit more about your memoir and what inspired you to go ahead and write it 
Oh, I, I would love to tell you. Um, so I have always wanted to write, like I've always wanted my story to be written in a book. Um, but I, as, as we do, life gets in the way and we have to, you know, work and we have to like have money to survive and things like that. But I'd always written um, and, I, and I really genuinely wanted to have my story taken back because in my life a lot of people have um, made, had their version with their glasses, their rose-tinted glasses of who I was and what had happened to me and it, was, it wasn't correct. And I, I really wanted to take my story back but I wanted it to be in print. So I wanted something that would survive past my death. Um, and I know that sounds a bit morbid, but it's like books do, like books books will outlive us. And I, and I just really wanted my story to be taken back in my words, in the way that I wanted to write, but I wanted it to be there for others when I had passed so that it was like, this is my token to the world. This is what I've done. This is what I've learned. And I hope that it can help you as well. That's wonderful. Yeah. And then you know, I had a, a difficult childhood from sexual trauma to bad relationships in high school, to suicide attempts, to alcoholism, to drugs, to bad marriage, to not having my children, like you name it. And I know all of our childhoods tend to be, I mean, that's why we go through stuff in our in adult lives because of our childhood trauma. And then even ancestral trauma as well, like our parents' childhood oh, trauma, you know, it all gets passed down to us. But in, in, in ourselves, like they've proven it now that it's like traumatic events um, in previous generations are now handed through the embryo through cellular levels. So it's like yeah. it's so such a huge thing. And if you aren't proactive in actually like acknowledging it and wanting to work through it and develop, like it can cause so many issues in your life. Well, that's what I've experienced anyway. Totally. Yeah. And through your childhood journey and early adulthood was like marked by a lot of significant challenges, including like family addiction and poverty. How did these experiences shape your personal life or perspective on life as well? Yeah. So it's been a role, like it's been an interesting journey for me because there is an element of resentment um, towards my parents in the sense of like addiction. And I understand that like I have probably more of an understanding of addiction than a lot of people but it's been it was really really hard because addiction creates environments with that children just should not be in you know like they should like you 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 have people around that you should not be around as children you know it's not a safe environment and then like growing up into like a teenager and a young teenager and then just seeing them choose anything over you as a human being like it was really really difficult and I go through this in the book like having a parent choose to have you and then you're here and then you're not chosen in this life you know any like alcohol drugs women men like anything else would be chosen over you and so you know there was a lot of like abandonment issues and there was a lot of um you know, traits that I had to like, which were toxic within me. Like I, I, I like in my twenties, I was in really toxic relationships and it, and I had to take responsibility for my part of what I was doing in, in those relationships. So it was like, so my childhood, as you, you touched on um, Gina, it really does, um, kind of forge you into who you are as an adult but then there comes a point where you need to take personal responsibility for who you are and who you've been forged into and you've got a choice of whether or not you're going to continue down that road and continue to go um, with those toxic traits or you can have some self-reflection which is very difficult and um, develop. And then and 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 then the world is your oyster but it's not an easy road it's it's a hard one to be brutally honest with oneself about how you're acting as a human being and what you're doing <laughs> to go I need to change this yeah. you know like I need you know there was a part in like the book that I discuss and it's so my one of my best friends had to call me out on my behavior um 
because he was like, this isn't, this isn't very good behavior, Stephanie. Like you are affecting other human beings. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. But then that meant that I had to then do something about it, you know? And so, yeah, so I have gone through all of these things. And the other thing is, is that, yes, I've done a lot of work and a lot of personal development. I've gone and seen a lot of like psychologists and things like that, but I think that personally we are always developing, yeah? Mm-hmm. We're always having that self-reflection. Like it, to say that we've done, it, it's just not possible because like things will come up again and they'll trigger us again and we'll be like, but I've already gone through it. Like why do I need to go and learn the lesson again? Yeah, <laughs> you, I know. yeah 100%. So, but you do and you do it because you make a commitment to yourself. Um, and your future self as well, because everything that we go through is a commitment to us as a, like to the person that we are. And it's not necessarily immediate when we get um, the results. It's our future self that gets to have to, to kind of reap the rewards. And, you know, the more that I've gone down this road, the more that um, like I, I just can't turn it back. You know, I love I love it because I I get to help people in ways that I wouldn't have been able to, and I don't and I get to connect with them in the most beautiful ways. And like like and I cherish that. You know, like I cherish those moments. So yeah, there's been a lot of resentment. Like how, like my father's still addicted. He is like 76 or something, and he's still addicted to substance and refuses to to give up and you know like and that's a really hard thing to watch somebody kill themselves really like Mm -hmm. you know and like he's losing his mental capacities you know like all of those things so it's like it's like a whole life of just abandonment really and I had to kind of be there for me and that's and and I just you know I had to show up for me because my parents couldn't show up for me and that that's a huge thing um, to do. Gosh, yeah, that reminds me, like, like my mom, like she was abused as a child, like physically abused and also emotionally abused. Her mom would call her names. Obviously, I didn't have a relationship with my grandma. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then my, on my dad's side, my grandma passed away when I was a baby. So I didn't know, I didn't have a grandma growing up. I had like my aunt on my dad's side uh, that kind of like took care of me because my dad passed away when I was a baby as well. And so then I had my aunts and they were like grandmother figures. And so I love them to death. They're beautiful. But my mom had a choice. She said to me, you know, like, listen, I had a choice whether I do I want to be just like my mom or do I want to change, you know, and mind you, she still had those. I mean, I got spanked as a child, the belt, you know, whatever. I don't know. It could be my generation as a generational thing as well. Um, but I got reprimanded, but not to the capacity where she got reprimanded, you know, so she had to make that choice. Like, I, I want to change. And we have yeah. to go through these things in, in, in our adult life and make decisions. And I always say, you know, as a victim of sexual trauma, I had to make a choice. Do I want to stay as a victim or do I want to move on? <laughs> oh my god it is a choice and it's like and that question I actually asked myself um last year because I said I couldn't even I was at a point where I couldn't even acknowledge that I was a victim Mm -hmm. because I was I I did if I was a victim then I then had to acknowledge that um yeah that everything had happened and even though everything had like all of the sexual abuse that had happened um I I didn't I didn't feel comfortable going, I'm a victim until last year. And then I was like, but you are. And then the fact that you're denying yourself that acknowledgement is detrimental because this has happened and there's no way that we can um, turn back time and not make it happen. Like it's, you have to now deal with it. And so even that concept of who am I? Am I a victim? Am I not a victim? Am I a survivor? Like that's another one. Like I was just like, because I've like we've ha- we have survived, and that's and that's the literal meaning of it. Like we have survived abuse, and so we are survivors. But for me to actually like acknowledge that within myself was a really hard conversation, mm-hmm. and I was like, and it was one I avoided for a long time. But then I was like, I had to be, I had to be honest. I just had to be honest with myself, and I had to be like, yeah, we are. I am a sexual survivor you know like I'm I I am a sexual abuse survivor and I am a victim of it because I didn't choose this mm-hmm. like this was upon me and so yeah even that concept has been a big one 
And like, because people have wanted me to go um, stand up and speak um, uh, like different um, rallies and things like that. But I couldn't because I just wasn't, I wasn't there. Does that make sense? Like I wasn't in a space where I could stand up in front of people and be like, I am like a sexual abuse victim and I've survived this. Like to say that that publicly was just not somewhere I was at. But now it's a different story. Now I'm like, and that's also why, you know, the book is so powerful because it's like you, as a reader, you go on this kind of journey with me. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. because I've written it as the journey is happening. So it's like you get to kind of experience that journey as it is. But it's, it's yeah, it's, I think it's appropriately titled and there's a lot of subjects in there. Like there's like, I don't go off topic. Like I don't, I don't, and, and, and that's the thing. Like it is, a, it's, it is really a book um, of life. It's like, this has happened, but you can also enjoy life as well and you can move through it and you can ha- be a, you know, you can have all of these really horrible things happen, but you can also um, survive them and flourish. Um, but it's not, it's not, going to be yeah it's not a book to pick up and be like oh this is um what's the best way to say this it's 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 it goes directly to the problems like it goes it doesn't we don't go around them and we're not we're not sugarcoating anything it's like this is what happens guys and and the thing is is that through this I have realized that so many other people have this story Mm. it's just not me you know, and so this book is, in, in the end, it's not even my story. It's our story as as a hum, human race, like, because we all have different experiences which people can actually relate to in the book. And the more that people have read it, the more that I'm just like, this isn't my story. This is our story as a collective. And that's why I'm so wanting, I want this story to just be on this paper because I don't want this to continue. I don't want more children to go through this. You know, like I don't want sexual abuse to exist anymore. I don't want physical, emotional, you know, like I don't want, we should be in a place in a living on a globe where no child or, or female or male or transgender person has to experience abuse. We should be able to just, it exists in a really healthy society without it. And that's, you know, kind of how I end the book as well because I'm like I, I call it out as it is. I'm like we are at a level now where we all have the capability to understand what has happened to us and choose to change the world that we see in front of us. Um, and we get to choose how we engage with the world. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm an adamant defender of this not happening anymore because no one should have to go through it. So, yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And then your all, your book also discusses the power of storytelling, which we're talking about, storytelling <laughs> and self-narrative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did this process of writing and reflecting on your life experiences aid in your own healing process? So I've all I love storytelling. Like I think it's the best form of human and peer interaction. Like we definitely I I personally think that we learn a lot more and a lot quicker when we have when we share through storytelling through our peer groups. Um and so it's something that I've just always held so dearly to my heart. I obviously am like a I like to talk and I love to connect and it's just who I am as a human being. And so I wanted to transfer that into uh, text and I wanted to be able to go, um, you know, because like in Australia we have uh, the First Nations people, so the Aboriginals, and their whole um, way of handing down history was through storytelling. Um, So it was, it's, and I just loved that. Like I love the fact that, you know, the way that they shared their history and their um, different different things that they would do tribally was through storytelling and through peer um, sharing. And, like, I, I'm not um, First Nations, but it was something that really resonated with me and the power of storytelling. Um, and so I consciously chose to write it in this way um, and there's, a, like, an element of storytelling and an element of consciousness Um a stream of consciousness and so I wrote it like this and everyone was like you haven't written it like every other memoir person and I was like oh well I don't care <laughs> like I was, 100% I was just like 
I was going to say, you can have a million memoirs and autobiographies and they can all be written in the same format and that's okay if that's what you want, if those authors want to choose that. But I get to choose how I want to write my book and so I had to go through that process um, as a as a writer because at the start I thought, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Like this is a really, it's going to be a terrible book. Like um, everybody keeps telling me the same thing. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, 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 it's, I'm going to write this how I want to write this. And I, I personally think that storytelling is a really easy way to transfer knowledge and it's a beautiful personal way, you know, like it's like us today, Gina, we're sharing um, our lives and snippets of our lives together and it's such a powerful thing. Like I don't take this interview lightly, you know, like it's a beautiful interaction. So, and I wanted to transfer that into my book and I wanted the reader to like leave um, and finish my book and just be like, like a, almost like a warm hug has been given, you know, like, oh, you know, there's all these things and there's ups and downs and, but then, you know, like there's a warm hug at the end. And I also wanted to prove to the publishing industry, to all of the editors out there, to every other author that if someone says, or people say, um, because the industry did tell me, they were like, no, you can't do it this way, that you can, that you have the autonomy as a writer and an author to write how you want to write because it's not about necessarily what the, like, the status quo of writing. And so, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be an extremely powerful book um, and it's going to connect and resonate with a lot of people very quickly because of the style that I have written because you can drop in and you can connect to my words easily. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it's going to be quite powerful, more than I think a lot of people realise, if that makes sense, because I think everyone's like, oh, yeah, memoir, and I'm like, oh, but this one, this memoir has got a bit of, yeah, it's got a bit of punch in there and and, and it leaves you because like I, I rewrote, I mean not rewrote, I rewrote a lot of it, but I reread um the love section. I do I do a section on love and essentially it's about, you know, um how we connect to ourselves and how we care for ourselves um and how we actually bring that love back to me and how you know you choose to how you do it um and it's like I reread that section and I cried because I was like oh my god like this is so good <laughs> I love that that's your work it's your work I know, like, and I'm like reading it to my husband. My husband's crying. He's like, "Oh my god! Like, you really did Aww. write this. You're amazing." You know, like, it's so sweet. It is. It's a moment, you know. And and that's when I was like, "No, no, no." There's going to be a lot of a lot of people that are going to read this book, and they're going to to have that pat like that very powerful connection to the words, and um, and it's going to be a beautiful moment of glee for me to be like. Ha ha, I got to write it in a storytelling form and you all told me that it wasn't going to work and it did. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, like, this is my biggest thing. Like, why so many rules? Who, who created the rules? We are, really? have our own individual minds because we're not like you. <laughs> we don't have to write like you. <laughs> I know. To, right? Like our soul is the one who's writing the story. They're the one who's going through this experience in this human body of ours. I call it avatar sometimes. <laughs> but we're good. Yes. And we're the ones experiencing everything. Why, why, why the rules? I always tell my husband, why the rules? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And like for me, the way that I see rules is like they're just something that I can choose to abide by or I can choose to not. You know what I mean? Like right. it's like and 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 you know, it takes a little bit of um because my, my husband was very, very rule abiding. Like he was like, No, 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 they have that rule, so we have to do it. And I was just like, why? Like, give me a valid reason. And so his conditioning has been like unconditioned now to the point where he's like, Well. There is a rule, but. <laughs> right? Yes, this is my message to the world. Oh, my goodness. I love. Yeah. So um, be, and I understand my mom when she was telling me as a baby, I hated to be in the car seat. I was 
have the biggest tantrum getting out of it, boogers everywhere. Just because ah, I like to not to be restricted. I don't like yeah. rules. I mean, for my safety, I get it. You know, I was a baby. I can't really think for myself. That's where my mom's comes in and takes care of me. But I just that restriction in it, that's just who I am. I don't I don't like that. So I'm so happy you're writing a book the way you wanted to write it. And I, I love it because, it. yeah, and I love it because you actually uh, wrote your book where any of the readers can go in it and then pick a story that they want maybe perhaps resonate for the, in that day and then go ahead and read it. Like um, one of my other, uh, she's my business coach and she gets in her inner circle of ladies, uh, they're entrepreneurial women. They actually all share their own stories. So sometimes and I have like maybe four or five of her books. So I'll go in and like say, oh, what, what story do I want to read now? And so I oh, love yeah. that style. It's really cool. I love that. <laughs> It is. And it's like, and we, and it's also like, I, as you know, no doubt know, like we can get very busy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And like, so, like, so having to get like, and there are people that, you know, can read like a book cover to cover, but like, I'm very busy human. And so I don't necessarily have the time to like, like go into all the parts. And if I have to do that, then I have to go back and read the chapters before. So I know that we're where we're up to. And I, and I, and I, so I wrote it consciously around that as well to be like, I don't, like, I just want someone to drop in. Like if you just open the book and you can just drop in, you don't need to know what had happened in like the previous chapter. So, cause like it's, it's for me, it was a struggle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, the restriction thing is interesting because I not I realize that not everybody is like us. Like there are some people that really love rules and they re and that's totally OK, like that, that they can love rules. But I realize that it's it's really that um, how we connect to the outside world and how we perceive it. And some people can't let go of the rules. Mm -hmm. Does that mean like they have, they ha that's their, that's their safety net is the rules where mine is like, I just live and exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and what, if a rule comes through and it's not really up to my liking, then I just let it go and I keep going. And like, and I think you can kind of see that in the book as well. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that that like, and everyone's kind of made up differently as well. Like some people, they do need those rules, and they do need the kind of, this is this is where I this I need to be in this part, and so. But I'm not like that. And that doesn't seem like you are either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I know. I We're the same. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. So um, you advocate for speaking up about lived experiences. What advice do you have for others who, who may be hesitant to actually share their own story? Mm. So this is a, this is a really good question. Um, so I have had so much like heartache when it comes to sharing my story um, because what I didn't realize I just in my mind logically I thought you know what this is horrific this like I've I've just had um, blocked memories reconnect to my brain and this is really horrific like this isn't a very nice experience and I had just assumed that like because it was so horrible that everyone would um be kind and loving and supportive and I realized that that wasn't the case and that people get to choose how they respond to sharing um like how they respond to people sharing their stories and what's happened to them and I was so shocked and I was so upset because I like I was met with a lot of um negativity because they thought um if I if I shared what had happened to me, um, that it would look badly on them and that they would then have, like they would have to be, they would be forced to own up to how what they had chosen to do in their life um, and how they had reacted. And so when we talk about this, I always uh, like to bring up a level of caution and I wrote this in Fiercely Me because I wasn't prepared for what had happened. So. If you want to tell your story, you tell your story because every story deserves to be to be written, to be um, shared. It deserves respect. It deserves someone to actually listen and take the time to listen to it. 
because all of us as a collective have the ability to learn from each other and we and we we only learn through what is we share through vulnerability and vulnerability is a a huge thing and not everybody can be vulnerable but it is a beautiful thing because that's where we truly develop so my warning is share share if you feel comfortable to share but sometimes um, not all the time but sometimes um, it's not met, met with what we think it's going to be met with and it can't and sometimes it's not the nicest of experiences and so for me personally it wasn't a very good nice experience and like my families to this day still don't support the fact that I've written this book because they don't want to to know they don't want that mirror and that book you know there's like and that's the thing I don't say anyone's name and I don't you know like I talk about my mum and my dad but like I don't call anybody out but I do call out the behavior in the book because we, I think every, and that's the other thing, I think everyone can like, they can relate to some of these behaviours that I've experienced because it's, it's a, where we live in a common society where, you know, you, you'll read the book, Gina, and you'll be like, oh God, I have like a, I have like an auntie or a grandma or like there'll be someone in your life that yeah. will do what I've experienced, right? But um, that person won't exactly like the fact that their behaviour has been called out and they're not very nice and they're very vocal about it. And so share it, please share it, but also be, there's a level, there's a warning of cautiousness because it's not very nice when you realise the honest truth about um, how people will react to it. Um, and I had to kind of go through that process of like healing and acceptance that, you know, like just because I'm doing this and I'm saying my story, I'm taking my truth back and I'm writing it in a book, which is fabulous. That doesn't mean that everyone else is going to see it as fabulous. Um, and sometimes they're not going to be very nice about it and they're going to be vocal about it. And you then have to accept that that's their response not yours it has nothing to do with me it's them and it's their response and it's their behavior that they then have to take responsibility for um but it's you know it can hurt sometimes so I had to just accept that that's you know how certain people in my life decided to deal with me releasing my book and I had to then I, and I had to kind of get to a point where I would uh, like accept it and then I had to go go through the sadness of it and then I had to um, come out the other side and like still be able to have a relationship with them because I don't want to cut anybody out of my life um, and I have done to get my boundaries clearly there. So that's like that. I'm not saying that I haven't but I have. But at the moment, I, I would like to have healthy relationships with people in my life and understand that they're not going to be able to develop. Um, and that's not on me, that's on them. So their reaction to certain situations isn't my responsibility and I don't need to take it on. So but yes, go for it, but also be cautious of it as well. Um, and I think, you know, having a level of acceptance and understanding is always good. Um, within these processes because they, they're big they're huge processes yeah it's totally uh I was gonna say you know it, it probably benefits whoever you're writing about it and if it first off if they don't want to read it they shouldn't be reading it <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent no then don't read it <laughs> the second off though you know it probably will bring an awareness to them like oh wow I never thought about this about I never thought about this about myself before. Maybe I need to go ahead and take some action steps for me to 100%. change. So maybe you're doing a favor, you know. <laughs> so. Well, I, you know what, Gina? Like, honest to God, that is literally what I keep thinking. I'm like, maybe they'll like, maybe when they read the book, maybe they'll see what I'm saying and how it affects other people, and maybe they'll change. Like, maybe they'll have, be able to, you know, like. Go, you know what? I don't actually want to be this person anymore. So I'm hoping that outcome happens. And I've been like, you know, maybe they just needed that gentle mirror or not so gentle, but like <laughs> but that, that mirror to be like, hey, that behavior is pretty crappy. Yes, yes. You're doing them a favor. So they're saying they're saying thank you at the end of the day. 
thoughts that I'm going to say. That's my story. So it's so funny because I always change my story in my head. Like if someone's saying something and then at first I don't like it, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to entertain those thoughts in my head. I'm going to change my story and just change everything. What just happened? So I always change my story in my head because why not? 100%. Why not? If like, you know, yeah. Especially if the story isn't a nice one. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, it's it's really important to change the narrative in your head. Yeah, it's like I love that. Now, um, how has writing fiercely me impacted your own personal journey towards empowerment and liberation? I know we talked a little oh. bit about that already. <laughs> yes. We're just getting it out, but any others? Yeah. So um, so yeah. So I have gone through a massive journey with this book, um, personally. And so to, to be sitting here um, talking to you about it being released in the next couple of months is just the most special, special feeling. Um, I, at the start, was like, had rewrote it. Um, like and, and like I, I wrote the book and thought it was amazing as every author does. And then it was like, no, 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 <laughs> this needs to work. <laughs> and then I, you know, I had to rewrite, rewrite it. And it took me about six months to rewrite. Um, and I had, so I had to go through, I had to go through and I had to be really, really strong with myself and be like, Stephanie, you want to release the best book that you can possibly release. And to do that, you need to dig down deep into your soul and into who you are. And you need to be honest about how you feel and write this because of you and not because of other people. Because I had like written the book um, in the perception of everybody else being happy. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm not, this isn't my true story. This is not, this isn't who, this isn't the story that I want. This is the story that everyone else wants because it's like, it, it, it makes them happy. And so when I went and rewrote it, I just was like, I had to get to this personal place where no one else mattered. Like it did not matter how anyone else was going to feel about this book. It mattered about what my voice was and my author voice and how my, how I wrote the book. Um, and what I wanted to say, because that was also really important to me, like I wanted to get my message across and I wanted people to, to leave like finishing the book feeling empowered that they had the ability to change as well and that they had the ability to also, um, you know, have that self-reflection that they might not have thought that they could beforehand and that they had the ability to connect to themselves and love who they were because, you know, we deserve, we all deserve to love ourselves. <clears throat> Even though we're told throughout our lives consistently that we don't, it's the most powerful thing. When we have internal love for ourselves. We are unstoppable. It's such a beautiful place to be. So I had to kind of go through all of that and, and, and kind of get there and rewrite the book, and which I did. It took me six months to rewrite the book and I sat there and I rewrote it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I cried. I have to admit I cried once I finished because I was like, oh, wow, this is like it, I literally poured myself into it like just like it, like all of the parts of me were just poured into this book while I was writing and I was like, oh, my God, like is this going to be enough? Is it is it good enough? And I was like, yes, it is. It is actually good enough and it is like it is an amazing story and everybody deserves to to read that and connect with it. And so to go through all of these stages of like self-doubt and um, thinking that you're not good enough, thinking that the story wasn't good enough, you know, to, to be in a place where I'm like adamantly proud of it. Like I'm so proud of my book. Like I've, I've read it and I'm like, wow, this is such a great book. Like it's really good. And there's so many different stories in there and there's so many different parts of my life and there's so many different experiences and, and like learnings as well. It's just like I'm sharing my learnings of how we can we can all get to this collaborative place of like a healing and contributing to society where there's you know um, immense um, collaboration in the sense of um, coming together on different like different subjects but also within business because like you know like I've been in business for a long time and like we can all be successful when we come together and we work together and this society I have 
um, realise is one where it's so segregated and we're all like these little individuals. But when we remove that and we come and we work together, um, there's su such special things that happen um, and that come out of that. And so like, so we talk about empowerment, but that's where I like, that's where I get my empowerment from is like that really huge realisation that I am not alone. You know, that this this book is just not for me. It's for the collaborative. It's for everybody and for, for everyone to come on that journey and to kind of go, you know what, I do deserve to love myself and I do deserve to get more money um, in my job and I do deserve to have a nice house and I do deserve nice things and I deserve to be able to pay my utilities. Like, you know, everybody deserves this. Like it's just not for one person or, you know, a, like a small minority. It's, you know, we all deserve to have all of these things. So my empowerment has just kind of, it has come from like a place of like I'm not good enough and I can't do this and I'm really bad writer to going through the whole journey over the last 12 months and going no 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 I'm actually I can write and this is incredible and I my story does deserve to be out there and I'm now an avid like I'm an advocator um for others but also for myself within you know lots of different areas and there's a liberation to be able to stand freely and that's the other thing because I know that there are other countries where women do not get to stand up and say their piece they do not have the right to and there's other countries where nobody can have their their say and no one can have an opinion and I'm so so conscious of that and so for me, being in, a, being in an Australia and being a white person, I have um, certain uh, liberties in some sense and I use them. Like I, I, I use my voice because others in this world don't have that voice. Mm -hmm. And so I see it immensely powerful. And so like there's an element of liberation just to understand the impact we can have by speaking up and by using my voice because like, I don't want my so there, I do talk about this in a book. There's this story about my nana, um, and I, I live with we live with <clears throat> I lived with her when I was 15, and she came in to me one morning and she looked at me like I was cleaning my teeth at the, in the bathroom. <laughs> she walks in and she looks at me and she's like staring at me and she's like Stephanie and I was like yes nan and she's like I need you to not uh, I need you to always live. I need you to never, ever live with regrets. She goes, if you want to do something, you need to do it. She's like, I don't want you to get to your deathbed and to live with all these regrets. She goes, just go and live. Just do it. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. Just do it. And so I've always lived my life like that. So if I got to my deathbed, Gina, and I hadn't used my voice in the most positive way, if I hadn't been able to be liberated to the point where I was able to advocate not only for my needs but for others mm -hmm. as well, I would be so regretful because we have power in our voice, we have power in our words, and we have power in who we are as a collective. And it's like we can either choose to ignore it and say nothing or we can choose to use it, and I've chosen to use it. That's awesome. Thank you for that message too. Because it's important because there are places where people cannot say anything. They're getting yeah. reprimanded for it. And women too, where they're kind of shunned and don't have a voice at all. But so that way mm -hmm. you then your book, then they can go ahead and say, Oh, I can resonate or at least feel that freedom within instead of like wherever unfortunately wherever they're at, it won't allow them to express themselves, which is which is very sad, actually. Very, very sad. Really sad. It's yeah. so sad. And so, like, that's why I'm, like, an adamant defender of people because I'm like, nope, because, like, someone needs to say it because if they can't, someone else should. Right, right. Now, Steph, any future plans both as an author, uh, a voice for change in the, areas of, <laughs> in the areas of, you know, like trauma or even, like, um, abuse recovery? Yeah. So I am, yes, I, I've definitely got plans. So I, um, I have a huge, I call it my empire, which is what essentially that I have dreamt of for the last probably four years now. And so within my empire, which I create, I have multiple, um, areas. Um, one of them being, 
Um, so like having a, like a, a working farm where you, people can actually, cause like, I, I don't know what it's like in Jamaica, but in Australia, um, there's a massive disconnect with where food comes from here. And so, um, so I wanted to get some land and I wanted to kind of set up a farm, but I also wanted to do like some, um, have some accommodation, have like a massive hall where we could do like cooking classes or art classes or, you know, like it could be a multi-purpose place for people to come and use. Um, I wanted to do, um, I wanted to have like, I wanted to have like a natural pond system so people could come and swim in summer because it's, you know, like there's not enough natural um, water holes. Um, and so, yeah, but within that, what I wanted to do was I wanted to incorporate um, like a shelter. So like, um, because it's really terrible here in Australia when it comes to emergency women's shelters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to kind of create a space where um, mums with their children, because like, you know, I was, um, we had to be physically removed when we were children um, from our house and we had to go into shelters because yeah, my dad was trying to kill us, you know? And so I've kind of gone through all of that and I understand how important it is to have emergency places for women and children to go and, you know, sometimes men, um, because I do know that that also happens to men. Um, And I also want to give opportunities to people that, you know, might not have the skills to, that they, that they need to get jobs because there's a lot of places are like, Oh, well you need um, to have experience. And then people like, well, how do I get experience if I, if I don't, um, you know, if I'm not in it, in the, in the job already. And so I wanted to do like a whole program where it enabled um, people to come in, learn new skills, but then contribute and, um, and then go further because like, I don't, I want everyone to go further and to go after their dreams and, you know, things like that. So it was kind of like, I, I see my empire as this like kind of springboard of like um, empowering others to kind of go forward if they, you know, they might not have access to these things. And, you know, I had, I come from immense poverty. Like my family is still very, very impoverished. Um, And I was just like, I had a drive inside of me to get out of there and I didn't want that life. And so I've done very well for myself um, professionally, but I know that not everybody is like me. Yeah. And so not everyone is going to be able to fight their way out of poverty. And so giving people access to a job, um, to education and to like um, learning that they might not have had previously is a massive thing for me, you know, and I, and like in, and I also talk about this as well. Like I want to get massive unit blocks and buy them and then turn them into affordable housing for people because again, I've been like homeless three times in my life, three or four times in my life. Like I've literally been homeless and slept on the street. So it's just like, I know what it's like to not have somewhere to live. And I want to, I want to, if I have the opportunity to, I, in this life, I want to help other people. And if it's like giving them access to, you know, affordable housing so that they can, you know, recenter get get some get a job you know like get some money behind them and then they go somewhere else great if they want to stay there for indefinitely then that's fine as well do you know so like there is so many things that I want to do personally um to to kind of give back and to help because you know I see this world as just not my own I see it as all of ours mm-hmm. um and so that's like that's my empire dream. There's so many, there's so much there. But like, and I know that I will get there because I'm, you know, I want to do it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but I also have been working on a poetry book, and that poetry book is incredible. Um, it's international, so it's called um, "World Words in Our Worlds." So it is got people from all over the globe that are contributing their poems. Um, and I was very much wanting people to write in their native tongue if they mm. were from another country. So we have, I think, about four different um, languages that will be published in the book and some of them will be translated to English, which is really very cool. Um, and so at the moment I think we're at like 25. We've got um, someone from... Um, from Israel I think they're in I think they're from Palestine because my my friend just said that they're 
um, brother was just released, which was, you know, a really big thing. So they're going to be writing in their native tongue. I've got an Irish person writing in their Irish native tongue. Um, we've got a Spanish and we've got Portuguese. And I think there's another language in there somewhere. But, yeah, it's like, it's a, again, it's a collective um, of people from all over the over the world and the poems are phenomenal like I was just like I did a call out unexpected like I was just like oh well, you never know what you're gonna get and then I was getting all these amazing poets like just submitting some really really good poetry so that's my next project which I'm releasing next year because um I also write poetry so that's my wow. short term goal <laughs> Those are beautiful goals, stuff. Wow, amazing. Now, if someone wants to follow your journey and then these goals and just like, you know what, I want to get involved, I want to help out, where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, so I am on all the socials. So Instagram is Mrs. Row Author underscore. So Mrs. underscore Row underscore Author. Um, Facebook, I'm Mrs. Row. Um, and no yeah mrs Rowe author and then tiktok i'm stephanie Rowe, and then i have my website which i'm very excited about go and check it out <laughs> awesome. um, which is mrs Rowe.org. so m-r-s-r-o-w-e.org and that is where my um, book is on pre-sale so i've got ebook and i've got hard copy book um so you can go buy it through through my website mrs Rowe.org. um and it's it's I think that's all. Oh, no, I'm also on Twitter, which is, I think, Mrs. Rowe author as well. So pretty easy, Mrs. Rowe author. <laughs> <laughs> that's not hard to remember, Mrs. Rowe author. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for joining me today. Any last thoughts or words you want to say? Um, I want to say thank you so much for welcoming onto your po um, podcast. Like, it is, like, you are such a beautiful soul, and I wish that I was so I could give you a big warm hug. Oh, virtual hug. <laughs> I know. I've and I just want to say um, hello to all of your listeners and to say thank you so much for following Gina because she's a very special woman. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, thank you. <laughs> I'm all blushing here. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And if you have any questions and um please reach out because I am a very personable person and I look forward to seeing you hopefully in the future. Awesome. Thank you for those kind words, Steph. You're amazing. And just keep on being you. Like that's all. Just be you. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have the whole world be shining. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Gina. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.